everybody! Welcome to season number four, episode number 18, the Peyton Manning episode of Sports Fellowship with Fox and Frank. I'm Dan Fox. And I'm Frank Knight. Hey, Frank, how are you? Really happy to see you, Dan. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm glad. Did you just, like, inhale some helium? <laughs> no, but I'm willing to. <laughs> I'm just doing you. Okay. How are I'm you, brother? I'm just excited. He's, he's just going off of your energy, okay? Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, no problem. I'm feeling frisky. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what to do about that. Dad, I think we should leave. Uh, <laughs> bye. Do the podcast by myself. So anyway, I don't know how to use the equipment. So, a uh, little roadmap of where we're going tonight. We're uh, we're probably going to be a, sh- a little bit shorter edition uh, of Sports Fellowship of Fox and Frank tonight. You can there's hear the clapping re- now. There's not really a whole lot going on in the hot stove with baseball right now. There's been a, a number of minor moves. And the, the Pirates signed McCutcheon. It's big news. They brought him back. That's right. Brought him back home. Um, there Today was arbitration uh, exchange day where teams and players exchange their arbitration figures, mm-hmm. and then if they can't work out a deal between the two sides between now and basically like a month from now. Let me guess. An arbitrator figures it out? Yes, an arbitrator will pick <laughs> will good. pick one or the other, uh, either the team's figure or the player's figure. Gotcha. And, they, and they're, they're locked into that for, for the year. And starting today, uh, there was like an avalanche of, of players that agreed with the team's on like the Phillies have six players that are arbitration eligible, and mm. right off the bat, four of the six signed uh, one-year agreements to avoid arbitration. Okay. So most most of the players have already started uh, working out deals with the, with their teams. And stuff. The so, Mets don't have any because they're just glad to be Mets. <laughs> okay, okay, that's my theory. Then uh, so that's going on right now. There there, there haven't really been a whole lot of uh, big moves going on. Uh, other than you know, Carlos Correa uh, decided to uh, to part ways with Mets. Wah, wah, wah. They were unable to work out their deal, and that he did sign with the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, so good for him to be back there. Uh, and but, it was like way less of a contract than he would have gotten with San Francisco or the Mets. Correct. But you know, I mean, it's still big money. He's doing well. S- six years, so he's not going to be crying poor mouth anytime yeah, soon. Definitely not. Um, so. Uh, that's about all for Major League Baseball, and in the in uh, college football, we just want to briefly talk about the about the national championship <laughs> game and give our offer our congratulations Snoozer. to the Georgia Bulldogs for their back to back national championships, yeah. uh, undefeated national championships. Stetson <laughs> Bennett, the uh, quarterback of the team for the last two years, and how he has gone undefeated the last two years. Uh, and stuff. So, congratulations to them. What was the score, Dan? It was like sixty-eight to seventeen. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It, it was close enough. It was fifty-something points for sure. Uh, the differential, wow. and it was definitely not. So, if you had TCU in the points, you lost. <laughs> you lost big time. Actually, the the points over under for the game, Georgia covered by themselves. <laughs> So, yeah, it was uh, an avalanche of, of Georgia Bulldogs. So it's safe to say that it's 
too bad that maybe Michigan didn't make it there instead. It would have been a much better game. Not to right. say that Georgia still wouldn't have won and well, won what, easy. The one to me that begs the question is how good was Ohio State right. that Ohio State hung with Georgia to the very end mm-hmm. um, and played them really tough all the way to the end. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, why did Ohio State lose to Michigan? Um, and, and you know, because that, that was, it was on their home field and stuff. And, you know, Michigan got handled pretty well by – I mean, it was a good game, but got handled by TCU. Well, we talked about it. I mean, Michigan made a lot of mistakes in the game, and it cost them. You know, sure. So I think the better team lost, but the team that played better won. Right. And you know, you gotta love uh, TCU, the uh, first year head coach, taking his team all the way to the national championship right. game. And you know, good things are ahead for them. Some people. Uh, theorized that, you know, TCU, their championship game was the Michigan game. Sure. Like, just going in. They were just in, happy to be there. Yeah, kind of, yeah. So, anyway. So, no, it was fun, and congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. It's not, no easy feat to pull off back-to-back national championships. So, right. Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs did a great job there. Now, next year, the dynamic will be a lot different how they're going to go about it or no? Because they're adding teams to this. Right, they're going to a 12-team format. Yeah. So it'll be. Does it know. change the dynamic of the top four or not? Yeah, of course, because they're, you know, you're going to see the the whole, the first round, the higher seeded team or the lower seeded teams, however you look at it, the teams that are better are going to have home games. Okay. Uh, and then they're going to play within the bowl system until the national championship. I see. Okay. So at least that's the plan. So yeah. you know, it's, it, it'll be fun. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot. Is going to change in terms of the of the top teams. The top two or three teams are still going to dominate. Yeah, uh, but at least more teams will be involved, and of course, it's all a big money grab. So, yep, you know, but it'll be fun. I mean, more football, especially if you love college football, more football is good. So, you know, looking forward to it. Okay. <clears throat> then uh, we want to take a look back at week number eighteen in the NFL. Uh, I don't know that we th- we learned very much, considering that a lot of teams sat their players and. The Cowboys should have sought, sat their players. Mm-hmm. So they then, should have. So should have the Chargers. And uh, oh. the Cowboys uh, would have had the excuse that they sat their players. But anyway, yeah, um, right. So um, sure they didn't. <laughs> well, maybe in their minds they did. Maybe they should um, have started the backups. So then we're going to take a look back at that, and then we're going to end up the show by looking forward to Super Wild Card Weekend. Alrighty then, and uh, take a look at all that. So. Yeah. All right. So, Frank, let's take a look back at week number 18. Sure. Sure. Week 18, they had, there were Saturday games, Dan. We had two Saturday games. Correct. At 4.30 on Saturday, Kansas City played the Las Vegas Raiders in a game that was dominated by Kansas City. They were a nine-point favorite, and they took it to them 31-13. to 13. So, um, the backup quarterback didn't have the kind of the big day that he had the week before. For yeah. the, for Las Vegas, correct. Stetson, Stedden, Stidham, Jared Stidham. Stidham. That's it. Yeah, I couldn't get that right. So not much to talk about there. Casey rolled, um, getting ready for the playoffs, and that gave them the top seed as well. Correct. So the only thing is that if Buffalo and Kansas City play, uh, there'll be a neutral field game 
if they play in an AFC championship, which is the only way they can meet. Right. That Chiefs and Raiders game, it, I mean, it, it was looks lopsided at 31-13, to 13, but it was even more lopsided because the Raiders scored an oh-by-the-way touchdown with, like, under a minute to go in the game. So yeah. it just, I mean, it was all Chiefs all day, and it the it seemed like the Raiders weren't really even interested, for the most part, in playing for right. the, playing the game. Yeah. So uh, then uh, at 8.15, Tennessee and Jacksonville played with a lot on the line. The winner goes to the playoffs, the loser's out. Correct. Uh, and uh, Jacksonville pulled it out, 20-16. to 16. It was a close one. Uh, it was tight, but Jacksonville emerged victorious. Right. The Titans built themselves a 16-10 to 10 lead mm-hmm. uh, going into the fourth quarter, and the and the Jags came back and they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter to pull the, pull out the win. And that was somewhat surprising. I thought that the Titans would put up a better fight than that, but uh, Jacksonville's defense stepped up as well as their offense. Uh, there wasn't really any real gaudy numbers by either player other than Derrick Henry going over the 100 mark, but it took him 30 attempts to get there. Right. Um, so other than, than him breaking the 100-yard mark, he didn't even score a touchdown. Um it, it was not really all that interesting and fun of a game to watch. Right. It was more, uh, you know, both teams playing, seemed like they were playing safe and trying not to ba- make any big mistakes to lose the game. Well, I think a lot of times you get games like that in within division opponents anyway. Uh, the whole theory that, they, excuse me, that they know each other and so on, each other's tendencies. So, But, uh, you know, this was kind of a step, it was a step for Trevor Lawrence who wins a rather big game. Sure. And uh, as far as the picks go, Dan, we all pick Kansas City, and then um, you, myself, and Alan took Jacksonville, and uh, uh, Hookie went on a limb and took Tennessee and lost that one. So. Yes. Next we had uh, the Sunday games at 1 o'clock, Tampa Bay and uh, Atlanta. Tampa Bay was at Atlanta. Atlanta was a four-point favorite. Dan, you lone wolfed Atlanta, and congratulations. You got that one right. Boom! Shaka-laka. Oh! Yeah, it was a nothing game for Tampa Bay. They did start Brady. I think he left in the first quarter. Yeah. So, um, but they sat a few other guys. So then, you know, I should have seen that one coming with them resting players. Next was New England. At Buffalo, New England had a chance for the playoffs going into the day, so they had something to play for. Buffalo took it to them, 35-30-23. And Buffalo needed this, you know, to to have that chance for a neutral field if it does come down to them in Kansas City and to have the seating. Buffalo looked good. Yeah, the, to be honest with you, the Patriots didn't look terrible either. And a, a little bit was... Offensively, at, they looked better. Right, was it, it, it a lot of... Uh, some of it, I should, I won't say it a lot, but some of it was because the the Bills were way ahead, um, especially with their third quarter explosion offensively, and and stuff. But it looked like the Patriots had a better plan offensively. Uh, Mac Jones thrown for two hundred forty three yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think there's been some progress, some growth out of Mac Jones here in the second year. I'm sure the fans and the team are hoping for that from. From Jones for New England, and uh, once again, uh, Hookie was the uh, lone wolf here. He picked New England, so uh, tough one for him. He lost that one. Next, we had Minnesota, eight-point favorite in Chicago, and this is another one where Minnesota was pretty locked into their position as far as playoffs, more than likely, and it did turn out that way. They beat them twenty-nine um, <clears> thirteen. 
What Chicago just has no answer offensively, and they didn't start their regular quarterback, so they they were waving the white flag of surrender uh, from the from the kickoff. Well, and we'll talk about this later when we get to the right team. But uh, Chicago, this game, this loss was significant for them, and we'll, we'll talk about why. Uh, but so in that one, Dan, once again, Hookie going on a limb, taking Chicago, and lost it. So no lone wolf for him. Next, Baltimore was at Cincinnati, and Cincinnati had something to play for, hoping you know that things would work out so that maybe they get a higher seed. They do win their division by winning the game 27-16. The Bengals won the division. The Bengals, yes. yeah, sorry. Yeah. So what do you think about Baltimore? Because they're not going to have Jackson again this playoff game. I, I think this is the problem that t- some teams, including the Philadelphia Eagles, are going to run into. Uh, going forward, they the the Baltimore Ravens built their entire offense, their entire system, and everything around right. uh, Lamar Jackson. And when he is out, they are severely handicapped uh, because of his dynamic skills and ability not being able to, to fulfill the role. Yeah. And since they've built that whole offense around him, they have to try to uh, figure out a way to put some stuff together. And not not that. Uh, their quarterback played played poorly, but you know he's going up against Joe Burrow and that sure. that ridiculous offense. And um, they've been having a lot of trouble getting points, right? And so they have a good defense. This, you know, Philly. This should be a warning to you because you've built your entire offense around the skills of uh, Jalen Hurts and uh, a running quarterback that primarily runs. And you found out this year that. A running quarterback gets hurt more often, and so you know, beware, be careful. It's interesting because, and like I think last year, after uh, it, it was last year that Jackson got hurt during the season, and uh, Hunt it was at Huntley's the backup, right? Correct. Came in and actually played kind of well, and at times he looked a lot like Jackson. Right. Not that he's on the level. Right. He's got a lot of similar skills, not as dynamic, but similar skill set. And the problem this year is that Huntley hurt his shoulder mm. and has been dealing with shoulder tendonitis uh, for the time that J- that Jackson's been out. So it's kind of been a double whammy for sure, them. Sure, sure. And once again, Hookie going out on a limb and taking Baltimore didn't work out for him. He, he <laughs> lone wolfed it and they lost. So sorry, Hookie. Another tough one for you. Next, we had Houston, the Texans at Indianapolis Colts. Here's the significance, Dan. Wah, wah. If Houston loses this game, they get the top seed. They get the top pick in the draft. And the game went down to kind of um, <laughs> took a miracle for Houston to win the game, and they were fighting to win the game. Nobody could figure out why they were so intent on going out of their way to win the game when it would be do them a lot better to just kind of let the game play out and maybe – you don't try to lose, but they were trying so hard to win, and they did, 32-31, and they lose the top pick, and that goes to Chicago. Correct. And the the problem is that Chicago has already put a for sale sign on the number one pick. Yeah. They want a haul because in, the, in recent years, whoever's had the number one pick is has been able to command a haul, and it really can set up their franchise for for quite a while. And they and, have their quarterback already. Well, they believe, the they believe in their quarterback. Yes. I, I don't believe in, in their that mind. Right. right. I don't believe in that quarterback, but they do. So they're looking to put some players and add some talent around him, which is probably wise. And the Colt, I mean, the Texans had the opportunity 
because they're desperately in need of a franchise quarterback. They had the opportunity to have the number one pick and be able to take the pick of the litter, whoever they want. And because they didn't clinch that and get the number one pick, now since uh, the since the Bears have the for sale sign, a team is probably going to trade ahead of Houston up there to the number one pick in order to take whoever is the consensus best quarterback. Right. And Houston has a choice. They're either going to have to give up a King's ransom to move one spot, yeah. or they're going to have to take whoever is the second best choice. Interesting thing, too, with the Houston thing is that their coach knew he was fired before the game started. And so is is he kind of giving them a little go away going away present by trying so hard to win the game, kind of stick it to them? Well, you know, not to uh, tr- to tread too deeply into these waters, but I was really offended uh, by RG three, the former Washington quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Baylor, who is an ESPN pundit now, uh, took to Twitter after the firing of Lovey Smith mm-hmm. and. Um, basically said that the the Texans firing him was raci- was racially based. Uh, that because he's an African American quarterback and the pr- previous coach was an African American quarterback, both of them only lasted one year before they were fired. Yeah, and um, and that basically this was uh, this was race based, and that it was okay for them to throw uh, to use uh, black coaches to tank and to throw seasons away, Hmm. uh, but they wouldn't do that to a white coach. And Lovey Smith has a track record of being a terrible head coach. Fair. He is a brilliant, brilliant defensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. but he is a horrendous head coach. And in fairness, in Houston, he was handed a total mess. Right. I mean... He didn't have a lot to work with, right? Especially but, at quarterback. But you know, he was sort of a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. But it in no way was racially based, and that's the part that offends me. I hear you. Yeah, I get tired of that. And you know, when it's not accurate. Well, woke ESPN. There you go. So, uh, Dan, you lone wolf this one for Indianapolis, and what happened? I would have to say this: in order for Houston to win, they needed a prayer. They threw a um, hail mary. And the defender missed the ball. The Houston player caught it. Then once they got to there, they decided to go for two to win the game, and they pulled it off. It just was crazy. Right. I'm okay with uh, losing the lone wolf on this one. <laughs> I hear you. Next, the Jets were at Miami, and this game was just unwatchable. I mean, uh, Miami with their backup quarterback. The Jets not having any offense. 11-6, to Miami beats the Jets. So. Yep, and in so doing, Miami clinched a playoff. Berth. They did do that, so they were able to late pull it out late. It was six five or six something for a while. I don't remember what it was, but it was six six, and then in the fourth quarter, uh, the Dolphins scored five points. Yeah, somehow five, but well, because the ball went out of the end zone. Hookie, unfortunately, to the Jets in this one. So too bad for Hookie there. Another lone wolf loss. The um, Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints, 10-7. The Carolina Panthers win. This was this week's Who Cares Bowl. So it is what it is. We're not going to talk about it. Um, Cleveland. Well, I got that one wrong. That's true. I'm sorry. You did lone wolf that one, and I overlooked that and got that one wrong. So 
Uh, Cleveland was at uh, Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh took care of Cleveland 28-14. And at that time, they were still hoping to be a playoff team if everything fell right. And there were some circumstances. It came, It was close. They almost got in, but didn't. But what they did do is they maintained another year. Uh, did they hit 500, or were they above it? Nine and eight. They were nine and eight. So once again, Tomlin, the coach... He still hasn't had a losing season, which is impressive for the time he's been there. Uh, this one, Dan, you, Lone Wolf Cleveland. Correct. So, uh, what do you think of Pittsburgh? Well, I thought I really thought that Deshaun Watson has looked a little bit better each week going forward here, and I thought that he'd have a breakout game, and yeah. he kind of did. Um, he threw two touchdowns and for 230 yards, and he had over 50 yards on the ground, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's a lot. It reminds me a lot like Deshaun Watson when he was with the Houston Texans. He put up some impressive numbers, but in the end, it ended up in a defeat. It ended up in a kind of a, a rousing defeat. What about from Pittsburgh's perspective? Uh, Pickett has shown some development, and he's shown that he uh, can play within the system there. And I look for him to take a, a pretty good step offensively this off season. Um, and then Harris is a beast of a running back. You got to love the way he he runs with power and strength and yeah, intensity. I like him, Najee Harris. And then George Pickens uh, came on mm-hmm. really strongly here in the second half of the year and really put it together. He's the wide. Everybody was saying at the draft that they believed getting him in the second round that he was going to be a big steal. And I think they, I think those pundits were right. Yeah. And it looks like he's got all the talent. He should have been a first round pick. And he's got all the talent going forward. So, you you know. Pittsburgh looks good. The future looks bright for them. And anytime you have J.J. Watt, Mm -hmm. I mean, no, uh, T.J. Watt. Sorry, T.J. Watt on the defense and leading that defense. He's such a beast coming around the end. Good job, Cowboys, drafting, uh, you know, not him there in the first round when he was on the board. (laughs) All right, so the 425 games. Who? Taco? Taco. Yeah. 425 games. uh, We start with the Chargers at Denver. And the Chargers decided not to, well, first of all, it was 31-28, Denver beat the Chargers. And the Chargers didn't have anything to play for in this game. They had already set their playoff spot. And they decided, their coach decided, Staley, right, Mm -hmm. uh, decided to start a few of their uh, guys that have a tendency to be injured. And one of them got hurt and is now out for the first playoff game. That would be Williams, the receiver. Correct. So he's getting Mike all Williams. all kinds of heat for that. The coach. Um, what do you think about that, Dan? I I think that it's kind of one of those you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't situations. Uh, the player wanted to play. The player came out and he wanted to play. Right. So I mean, to me, it's you know, it's the rest versus rust argument and. They chose to play, and you know, knowing that Mike Williams has missed a number of games, I might have erred on the side of caution and yeah, sat him. But, at least with him, you yeah. know. So yeah, so that that one, Hooky Lone Wolf Denver. So we got the win there. How about that? Good job, Hook. Yeah, see that. That's what happens when you go out on a limb. You can sometimes you're right. Next, we had uh, the Giants at Philly. The Giants pretty much rested all their starters. And you figured that Philly was going to smoke them. In this game, Jalen Hurts comes back to play. They were a 14-point favorite, Philly was. We were split on this. Dan, you and I picked Philly, and they did win. 22-16. Closer than I would have expected. Well, it it wasn't, really. But 
Okay. The score was anyway. Well, right. So no thoughts on that. Well, I mean, the, is Philly the, ready for Philly the Philly started or? pulling their players and and playing much more of a prevent defense in the second half, and all that the Giants could muster was you know uh, sixteen points out of it, and you, but they again they were you said they were playing their backups and stuff, so you know uh, the Giants give them give them uh, you know points for fighting for yeah you know I think Hertz was a little rusty in the game. I didn't see a lot of it. I saw bits and pieces of the game. But I wonder if another week off does hurts any good or if it, it's worse for him. I mean, he gets to heal more. I hope it's worse. Yeah, well, we both would think that. So Allen and Hookie decided on the Giants, and it didn't work out for them. Like I said, we were split. Arizona at San Francisco. Arizona... Um, a 14-and-a-half-point underdog, and San Francisco keeps on rolling, 38-13. They beat a bad team, let's face it, without sure. Kyler Murray. Kingsbury gets fired, the coach of Arizona. And rightfully so. Rightfully so, absolutely. But he's going to be cashing checks for the next three years. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he and, and he, he is married or dating a uh, Instagram supermodel. So being at home uh, and getting paid to be home... Is not that's not a bad gig for Cliff <laughs> yeah, right. Kingsbury. San Francisco is on a big roll. They look so good right now. They look like the team to beat in the NFC, if you ask me. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when the playoffs start. But they're solid. If you recall, Frank, San Francisco was my Super Bowl pick way back right. before the season. Mine was Minnesota. So yeah, you look good. And who knew that they would be starting Mister Irrelevant at quarterback? And and him doing well. Doing well, absolutely. We got to give the the coach Shanahan of San Francisco credit for how he designs and runs an offense. Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the NFL. Very good. Um, Arizona, I mean, uh, Hooky, lone wolf to Arizona. I don't know what he was thinking there, but uh, <laughs> didn't work out for him. So no, it did not. Uh, Seattle hosting the L.A. Rams. Seattle needed this game and some help. Right? To get into the playoffs. True. Um, and they did. They won 19-16. The Rams gave them a hard time, but Seattle pulled it out. Yeah. Are they I a mean, threat? Are they dangerous no, to uh, San Francisco? <laughs> no. Did you hear it's going to rain in San Fran like all day? Yeah, but the no. who, who runs the ball with more power but does it even San the field Francisco? a little? Who runs the ball with more power I than agree, San Francisco? I agree, but, San Francisco, but Seattle can run the ball too. It's kind of a nice thing for them. They have Walker, the running back. Yeah, but it took year. him 29 attempts to get 114 yards. and He'll need a lot of attempts. You know, in order to, so. Yeah. Did no chance, huh? I, I don't see it. I really don't. Okay. It's just, you know, and we'll talk about it yeah, when we, we make our picks. But, I, I mean, they they beat a beat up and run down with nothing to play for Rams At team. home. Uh, yeah, at home, and That's they fair. they barely beat them. So yeah. come on, let's. I mean, congratulations that the, I picked them to finish last in the division. I think Pete Carroll's really proven himself to be a solid coach. Right, he's he, a little quirky. They run but... the ball, they play good defense, and they wait for the other team to make a mistake, and they capitalize on it. And that's mm-hmm. a winning formula. And Geno Smith has never been known to be top notch quarterback, but he's played pretty well this year. He's played within Overall. himself, and yeah. when when he has tried to do too much, they've lost. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah, because he's not that player. All right, so Hookie once again, lone wolfing the Rams. Another disappointing pick for him. Um, the rest of us obviously took Seattle. Uh, so then we had Washington hosting our Dallas Cowboys, Dan. And I Cowboys didn't rest people either. 
uh, but it sure looked like they should have. They just did not. They might have played one of their worst games of the year. I have never seen Dak Prescott play a worse game in his career. He was totally and absolutely incompetent in every phase of this game. We couldn't run the ball. And he needs that in order to be effective. Is True, there an argument but, to be made there? Yes. I'm not uh, saying it makes him. No, you're, you're right. You're right. But, I mean, even the announcers were trying to make excuses and saying that receivers weren't open. When yeah. I ran the, the tape back and was watching it, and there were receivers open. It's just Dak wasn't. They were either short or running crossing routes. And Dak was trying to th- throw the big play all the time. And he kept throwing the ball into double and triple coverage. And he got away. He threw two interceptions, but he got away with. It should have been. Six. There should have been two more interceptions at least and Dak just played exceedingly poor exceedingly poorly and then on the defensive side of the ball what was frustrating to me is that they let Sam Howell the rookie uh, first start quarterback Mm -hmm. not that he put up big numbers or anything like that but they let him have some confidence and they let him feel like he was a competent NFL quarterback when they should have been having none of that yeah and it just Dallas had the the right play players for that to play well in that game and I was just so angry and frustrated uh that they they let Washington walk all over them. And, you know, my friends from Washington who root for Washington were giving, were te- blowing up my phone texting me. I wonder me, why. And they kept saying things like, Dak sucks, Dak sucks, Dak sucks. And I just, I said to them, I have never said that Dak is a top, top flight quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I am not one that defends him a lot. Because I don't think he's worth the money he's being yeah. paid. I don't think I, I think he's a great leader. I think mm-hmm. he's a great person, mm-hmm. but I don't think he has the talent to, that everyone seems to to put to him. Um, and he doesn't make the players around him better. I hundred percent agree. And so it's exceedingly frustrating because the Cowboys. I said when the Cowboys signed him to that deal, they. I said they're never going to win anything with Dak. Yeah, so far you um, look and, like a genius. And I'm for, I don't know. You probably don't realize this. It was a four-year deal that they signed, and this was year two. But they with the, this offseason, they actually uh, restructured his deal to to create cap space, mm. and they tacked another year oh, onto boy. it. So now it goes to 2025. Okay. And it's big money for the next two. It, he counts fifty over $50 million against the cap the next two years. <sighs> Ouch. All right, so we were a seven-point favorite and lost the game 26-6. That was ugly. And Hookie looked like a genius in this one. He picked Washington. So, you know, he doesn't know he's wrong. (coughs) Got that one right, right, Rich? Yep. All right. Next, we had Sunday night football. There was no Monday night football this week, right before the playoffs. Great one. Detroit goes into the game knowing that they can't make the playoffs. And they're playing Green Bay, who only needs to win to get in. And Detroit, late in the game, pulls it out, 20-16. to 16. They were pumped. And kudos to Detroit. They gave their all. They played well. And they made Rodgers look pedestrian yeah, on defense. What I didn't understand about this game, Frank, for the life of me, I didn't understand why, uh, why the Green Bay Packers gave up on the running game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that. I mean... Uh, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. I get that, but he ha- they have played so much better this year 
when the offense is balanced. In this run that they've been on for the last five games that they've won to try to put themselves in playoff contention, they've run a much more balanced offense with much more running than than putting it all on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. They've got two and pretty good running backs. They yeah. do. And, the, I mean, Aaron Jones only ran the ball 12 times, but he averaged four yards a carry. And yeah. You know how do you get, how do you get away from that? And yeah, that is uh, puzzling. I just I don't understand. We were split in this one. Aaron and Hookie took Detroit. You and I took Green Bay. So kudos again, Hookie. Another good call there, taking Detroit. And we want to shout out the Geikomas. I'm sure they. I know they were thrilled uh, to get this game because you know, let's face it, Aaron Rodgers has owned them. So I think a lot of people like to see Aaron Rodgers walking off the field a little heartbroken. <laughs> And it is funny because the way he walked off with uh, Cobb, right, the Randall receiver Cobb. friend of his, it kind of, you got a sense that Rodgers was saying, this is it for me in Green Bay, if not football in general. But his press conference stuff didn't indicate that necessarily. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with Rodgers next year. Sure. Another team or coming back to Green Bay. Yeah, I'm, I'm over, we, we've talked about this, I'm over Aaron Rodgers and uh, um, defending him and everything. He can be annoying, too. He, he's passive-aggressive and mm. very self-absorbed, and he, he has some right to be. He did win a Super Bowl. He's won three MVP awards, uh, two back-to-back. Yeah, and getting, losing in the playoffs. So, yeah. That's kind of his, right now, because it's more current than the Super Bowl, the, the narrative on him is, you know, can't win the big one. Right. So even though we know he has one. Anyway, with Mike McCarthy. All right. Well, at this point, we're going to transition. But instead of transitioning the way we normally do, sure. uh, call Fox Brothers Alarms for all your burglar and fire alarm needs. That's 1-800-FOX-BROS. Again, 1-800-FOX-BROS. If you're... More, if you'd like to do a little more research and read some more about it, go to one. Go to www.foxbrothersalarms.com. Again, that's www.foxbrothersalarms.com. Local here in the Lehigh Valley, family-owned and operated business. Uh, you can get somebody named Fox on the phone. Uh, either Uncle Craig Fox, who uh, owns the company and has owned it for, since its inception, or Mark Fox, or Stephen Fox, or nice. Paul Fox. I like this. Uh, lots of family. Uh, just regular good people uh, that will take care of you, protect you and your family and everything that's important to you. Any burglar alarms, fire alarm needs, access control, camera systems, anything like that, uh, we are there for you. Again, that's Fox Brothers Alarms, established in 1972. Nice. Uh, been going for over 50 years. Call Fox Brothers Alarms at 1-800-FOX-BROS or contact them online at www.foxbrothersalarm.com. And if you do call them at 1-800-FOX-BROS, who do you want to ask for, Frank? Mark. That's right. You want to ask for my brother, Mark. He will take great care of you and hook you up. Good stuff. Thanks, Dan. What else? You want to talk about the email? Yeah, we have an email. It's uh, sportswithfoxandfrank at gmail.com. Sports with Fox and Frank at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you're a listener, a regular listener, why not give us an email, send us an email and ask a question or just chime in on some comments about our, our podcast. We'd love to hear from you on, on uh, the email. We also want to let you know that we're on Facebook. You can find Fox Alarms on there too, Fox Brothers Alarms on Facebook. Either way, you go to the page, you punch in the name of the company or the name of this podcast. 
In the case of the podcast, it's Sports Fellowship with Fox and Frank, and the page pops up. The great thing about the Facebook page, everything relating to the podcast is there, including the podcasts themselves, Rich. So, that's it. All right. Well, Any uh, emails, Rich? Not that I know of. Okay, that is it then. Okay. Uh, Our friend of the show, Jeff Field, said he was going to send an email, but I guess he didn't get around to it. So, hey, Jeff, shout out. Did you check for emails? Okay, just checking. You said you didn't think so. All right, well, we are going to charge into the first round of the playoffs called the Wild Card Weekend. So, here we go. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm psyched. I'm psyched. I'm psyched. I'm ready for some playoff football. Starting with Saturday at 4.30, the Seattle Seahawks, 9-8 and eight for the season, go against the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco, 13-4 and four for the Niners. I am going with the Niners. I think the Niners' defense is built for stopping the run, and they're going to do a great job of forcing Geno Smith to have to beat them through the air, and I don't think they're going to be able to come anywhere near close to doing that. Agree 100%, Dan. i got to go with the 49ers. Um, I think it'll be close, but the Niners are just clearly the better team. So you, myself, Alan, all going with San Francisco, and unfortunately that means that Hookie is the lone wolf. He's going with the Seahawks. How could he do that? 8-15 on Saturday, Dan. The... Los Angeles Superchargers, 10-7. and 7. The electric company. You're going to be at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 9-8, and because they won their division. This is a tough one for me. I, I like Herbert better, um, but I like the overall offense in, in Jacksonville a little better. Um, and so it's defensively, to me, it's kind of like a toss-up. It's only a one-and-a-half-point line. Yeah. So... I'm going to take the favorite and go with Los Angeles Superchargers. are. The electric company. I was really hoping you'd go the other way because you would have been the ow lone wolf. Because we've got, well, actually, now Hookie will be. We've got um, myself and Alan also texted that he's going with the Chargers. So that makes Hookie ow the lone wolf. Yeah, I think the Chargers are just too good. Herbert's too good. I don't think that... Uh, t- Trevor Lawrence is quite ready. <coughs> Sunday at 1 o'clock, Dan, we got the Miami Dolphins, who have no Tua, 9-8 and eight at the Buffalo Bills, 13-3. and three. Well, what we saw from Miami last week is that without Tua, they have, even with their weapons and speed, they still they have enormous problems moving the ball mm-hmm. and scoring. So uh, you, I have to. Anybody with, with a, in their right mind has to take the Buffalo Bills at home. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Well, I guess Hookie's not in his right mind because well, that... he's going with the Dolphins, and myself and Alan Jackson are going with the Bills, making Hookie Ow! the lone wolf. I think the Bills win, and they win big, by the way. I don't think it's a game. And the most intriguing game for me in the playoffs this week is the Giants at 430 on Sunday, 
nine seven and one at the Vikings, who are thirteen and four. They played very recently. It was won by the Vikings on a sixty-one yard field goal at the end. Who do you like, Dan? I'm going with Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk Cousins, and the Minnesota Vikings. I'm with you, Dan. Uh, everybody I listen to is predicting the Giants win this game, or the talking heads, as you like to call them. And I just don't see it. The Giants have been impressive. They've done more than I expected, but the Vikings are the better team. They're at home. They'll win the game. We got uh, Allen going with the Giants, and since you picked the Vikings, that means Hookie's going with the Giants, so we're split. I like it. I'm guaranteeing a Vikings win here. Guarantee! It's my Super Bowl pick. I can against them. So, end of the line for the Giants. Ravens, 8-15 on Sunday, 10-7. and They're at the Bengals, 12-4. and We talked about the Ravens and their shortcomings. Who they? Who they? Who they think they'll beat them Bengals? Taking Cincinnati, riding with Joe Cool. Oh, buddy. Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, give them to me. Yeah, you got to love the Bengals in this one, Dan. I don't see any way they lose to the Ravens here at home. Um, I'm agreeing with you, and so is Allen. That makes Hookie. Ow! The Lone Wolf. He's going with them Ravens, despite no, no Jackson. Monday Night Football, damn it. Monday Night Football in the playoffs. It's our Dallas Cowboys, 12 and 5, who are a wild card at the Bucks, 8 and 9, and Tom Brady. Can we actually lose to the Bucks here? I am taking Tom Terrific and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I'd really like you to be wrong, Dan. I, I feel like that's so possible, so likely. But I think, like, the Cowboys got their bad game, their horrible game out of the way. They're going to put it together. The Bucks have been very sketchy on offense all year. I'm hoping that the Cowboys' defense speak, uh, steps up, and I'm going to pick my Cowboys. I'm going with them. The problem, Frank, is that uh, the, the Buccaneers' defense plays a very physical style of defense. Understood. And I, they're very good. At, they're, not, they're pretty good at stopping the run. And I think they're going to bottle up the Cowboys' run game. Yeah. And they're going to be physical with the receivers with a lot of clutching, grabbing, and holding. And I think they're going to not allow separation. Yeah. And I think Dak Prescott is going to fold like a cheap tent. I don't know. I'm just going on gut, Dan. You, you make a lot of great points. And I am concerned how the Cowboys are playing, and, you know, it's Tom Brady, 7-0 against us lifetime. All those things go against us, but I just feel like the Cowboys put it together and figure it out and win, so I'm hopeful. Uh, Alan agrees, agrees with me. He's going with Cowboys, and that means that you, Dan, Ow! are the lone wolf. All right. Because Hookie's going to go against you, so. I hope that Hookie I'm wrong. picking the Cowboys. Got to like that. I, I sincerely hope that I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to root for my boys, but I am concerned for sure. So that's it. That's the playoff slate. So where do we stand going into the playoffs? Okay. So are we going to count the playoff games? We'll put them in a different category. Okay. Uh, Dan, you, you finished out the year well. You, uh, so as far as between me and you, we'll start with that. Well, how do we, what were the totals for week 18? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, where did I put them? Yeah, I got it here. Dan, um, I was 12 and four. Alan was 12 and four. Dan, you were 10 and six and Hookie seven and nine. So okay. that was the week for the season, Dan, uh, 147 and 90. Uh, two ties, Dan. You were uh, six twenty percentage. 
I was 139 and 98 and two ties. I was a 586 percentage. Alan, 130 and 63. He and one, he was a 673 percentage. So his percentage a little better than you, but he didn't pick as many games in fairness. And then Hookie, tough year for him, 65, <laughs> 97, and one, a 492 clip. So. Uh, Dan, I, I see you as you know the overall champ. You, I don't know how you want to look at it. With you want to take Allen's percentage or whatever, but it's all good. Whatever. Yeah, we'll say he he did that the better percentage. Dan, you smoked me though pretty well. So all right, sounds great. We'll look look to see if there's any changes in the in the playoffs going forward. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, good stuff. Well, at this point, we're going to wrap uh, wrap this up, and we're going to quickly wrap it up by talking about our church. We'd like to let you know our church is First Baptist Church. We're located at 810 Red School Lane in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, and we would love to see you at our church Sunday at 10 o'clock when we have service. And, uh, you know, it's a tough world we live in, Dan. You need a Savior. This is the message we want people to hear um, we're all believers here, uh, this podcast crew, and we all attend this church. And you know what, Dan? Um, what do you do uh, when you don't know what else to do? Who do you turn to? Um, there's a lot of things we turn to, but we should turn to the Lord. Yeah, for us, that truth is Jesus Christ, and we'd love to see you at our church at 10 o'clock on Sunday. Now, one thing you can do is we have a website. It's www.fbcpberg.org, www.fbcpberg.org. You can go on there and you can check out all the details about our church, all the outreaches we have, all the ministries and our doctrine. Check us out online. And when you do that, Dan wants to tell you a little more about what you'll see. All right, the church website is a wonderful tool, but um, if you can't make it out to our church services in person, you can uh, watch our services live on Facebook Live. If you go to the search bar and type in First Baptist Church Phillipsburg, uh, New Jersey, the, uh, the, the link will show up and you'll be able to watch our service live. You can also watch it on YouTube Live. Uh, same thing there, T- type it into the search, the search, en- search bar. And you can also watch on our church website live. So uh, we would strongly encourage uh, you to do that and watch our services. You can also watch our, our previous services. You can listen to the audio version only, or you can watch the video uh, and audio version as well. But the most important part of our church website is what we call the online communication card. If you have a need or you need uh, you need prayer in some regard, you know, we have a few families in our church that are hurting right now with the loss of some wonderful loved ones and mm-hmm. some wonderful people. And, uh, you know, we want to shout them out and let them know we're thinking of them and praying for them. But... Um, if you have a need, if, if you have something heavy on your heart or something weighing on you, please uh, go to the website www.fbcpberg.org and uh, fill out that online communication card and ask us to pray for you. You don't have to leave your information if you're not comfortable doing that. Uh, you can remain anonymous if you choose, but we would love to, to be able to bless you. And if you have a need that we can meet, if you need somebody to talk to or some other need, please feel free to go there and fill out that card, and we would love to be a blessing to you. So true. We love sports, Dan, but we love Jesus more. So we'd love to see you at our church on Sunday at 10 o'clock. I want to shout out our friend Victor. 
and his wonderful sister Agata, uh, that pesky little annoying Yankees fan in my in my uh, period nine advisory class. <laughs> uh, that's a good shout out, Dan. I like that. So yeah, you know. Hey, we uh, we're thankful for you listening and putting up with us and all of our silliness, and we wish you a great week. And so, without any further ado, may the love of Christ fill your heart. Football, baseball, tennis, basketball, even sports exotic. Oh. You get guys in soccer, and if it's a sport, they've got it. Yeah. They have weird conversations about anything they think. Oh. They have so much in common, it's like their brains are in sync. Twins. We got Fox with the jokes. We got Frank with the knowledge. Oh. They care about all ages. They talk about pro league and college. Is. They have that high-quality content talking about the teams with their big boy shoes and their big boy dreams on. Oh, yeah, you know who it is. Sports Fellowship. Number one. Follow Fox and Frank now.